my name is Peter. I am one of the pastors here, and um, it's so good to be back. I know I was here last Sunday, but I was away um, in California this week in sunny Southern California, and I really prefer being here, believe it or not. This is great to be here with you all. Uh, it's my uh, great privilege and joy to introduce our speaker today. Uh, his name is Jaber Mohammed, and I met him recently. And, uh, you know, sometimes you meet somebody <clears throat> that you're really, really glad you met. And right after you meet them, you kind of just want more of them. And so you make an appointment, and you sit down, and you realize you want this person in your life. Well, I've had that kind of uh, experience with Jaber very uh, privileged to have uh, met his acquaintance, and uh, I'm excited to sh- uh, introduce him to you today. Uh, he's married a year and a half to his wife, Christy. They have a beautiful little six-month-old son, Zane, and he's going to be sharing um, Cracking Open Chapter 8 for us. So, Jaber and Christy, if you guys can come on up, uh, let's introduce you guys a little bit. And... Uh... <laughs> Jaber works for an organization called uh, International Students Incorporated, and uh, they these guys met in at Wheaton, uh, or she, you were at Wheaton. Wheaton, you were at Wheaton, and Jaber was at North Park, our denomination school, and uh, they met, and obviously they're together now. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted the crowd to see you and Zane. Here they are. <laughs> Thank you, Jaber. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Peter, for the kind introduction. I'll tell you, after that, I want more of you, too. <laughs> hey, it's great to be here. I really feel at home. This is, uh, I've been coming um, since 2005, as I'm going to share my story more. But right now, allow me to pray, and we'll get right into God's Word. God, I thank you for Evergreen Covenant Church. I thank you that it's a place for all people. I thank you. That because of this church, because of this family, with their love, I came to know you, Lord. So today, I have great honor and privilege to open your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We heard the message through the message today. It was really clear, so I don't have to go deep into it. My message that I've been using is NIV, so it's, it's a little complicated. I need to switch now. So, but I love in my NIV, it starts with, I love that the chapter start with, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I grew up in a society, I grew up in the Middle East, where I felt always condemned. As the youngest of 11 children in my family, and I went to Islamic school, which was a madrasa. It was there that we had to pray. We had to be taught to pray five times a day. And I remember going to the madrasa, the Islamic school, we learn about Islam and the Prophet and God. There was always a fear. There was always a condemnation. You never felt good enough. I remember going to the, the mosque. We had to go to the mosque. And to pray, and I always felt so distant from God. I will never forget that one day I was about five years old. I looked at the sky, and I said, I wish there was another way to reach this God. So today, the word condemnation really means judgment coming down on someone. God's judgment is not 
coming down for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to feel ashamed. We don't have to feel condemned. We don't have to feel good enough. Because of those of us who put their trust in Jesus have been delivered and set free because of what Jesus did on the cross. He took our shame. He took our, our, our guilt. Isn't this good news? As a kid, I never heard of such a thing. As a kid, we heard, you have to do good works. You have to do good works. You have to do good works. If you do something bad, replace it with the good. It was never certainty. There was never hope. But in Christ, I found the message, I found the teaching of Christ so incredible, so amazing. And today, anyone, and this is the mystery to me, today, anyone who is in Christ Jesus, there is absolutely, they are free from their past. Isn't that exciting? And this is the mystery of Christianity, that we can walk freely. We can be free people because of what Jesus has done. Not that because we have to do something. I find this so fascinating. Again, as a child, I never, I never had hope. I went to Islamic school and it was there we had to memorize the Quran. What we have is little shorter than the, than the New Testament of the Bible. And it was there that we had to memorize the Quran. We call them Surah or scriptures. We had to memorize them. And I remember if we don't, we get beaten. If we fail to memorize. It wasn't me, all the kids in my classroom. To this day, I have scars in my back. To remind me of the harshness of where I grew up. Again, this is not every country. It's not all the Muslims do that. But the, the neighborhood that I grew up in, it was, it was like that. But in Christ, we can be free. And when I love one thing about Jesus is that in Islam, we have a word called inshallah. You can ask any Muslims today, even the best Muslims, if you go to the mosque in your neighborhood, said, are you going to heaven? The word becomes inshallah, maybe, if God wills. But in Christ, the good news that I love, there is no inshallah, there is no, be, no maybe. But by God's grace, I'm reaching that place. I love that news in Christ and Romans talk about we are justified. We are justified although we have never sinned. God says, I will wipe your sins away and I will remember them no more. Isn't that exciting, friends? Isn't that so exciting that God, when he says, I see you, I don't see your sin. I don't see your guilt. I don't see whatever you've done. I see my, my son is in you and you received him. This is the mystery. This is the beauty of your God. This is the beauty of my God. As a 17 years old, I came to America. I was 15 years old. I told my father, I want to go to America to visit my older brother. He was, I'm youngest of 11. He, this brother was always wild in his heart. He was always the rebellious one in my family. He went to UK and he didn't like it. He had friends here in Seattle, Washington. And he came here. And he, he, I called him. And all I knew of America is through, through the TV, through the box that you watch. And today, this afternoon, you're going to watch it. See if Seahawks win or lose. I'm going to watch it too. I guess I'm becoming an American. 
But, but that's how I knew of America, through TV. And I called, my, my brother would call me, I was the youngest, say, hey, I loved America, I watched the movies about America. You know, I grew up in a society, um, we went to separate schools. My sisters, they cover only their eyes showing, not all Muslims do that, but my community it was strict. It was like that. And we would see movies and we see women wearing bikini on the beach. I was like, for us as boys, I, I'm an honest guy. So if you're offended, talk to Pastor Peter. He invited me. <laughs> and, and I was like, as a boy, as a 15 years old, we play soccer in the neighborhood. Soccer was a huge thing and is. And I was like, oh, brother, I want to go to America. It looks so free. And he goes, yeah, it is. We are in Seattle, Washington. Come visit me. I said, okay. I went to my father and I said, dad, I want to go to America to visit my brother because I miss him. I didn't really miss him. But, but I said, dad, I want to go to America. And dad looks at me as an idiot. And he said, no way you're not going to America. And during that time, I really had a tough time. My father was, my father was married and had two wives at the same time. And this is unusual. Don't worry, honey. I'm not going to marry two wives. But if you're a Muslim, um, you can have up to four wives. So my father had two wives. And my mother passed away when I was 12 years old. And that was really a difficult time. I was depressed. I didn't know it. All I did was to play video games all night and um, play soccer in the late afternoon and watch movies. That was basically my life. And I was... And I learned to get my way from my older brothers. And if the father says no to something, you kind of speak mean to him. You kind of slam doors until you get your way. So when he said no, that I cannot go to America to visit my, my brother, I was so mad. I was so angry. I was like, no, I need to go. Don't do this, kids, into your mom and dad. But that's what I did. I went, I didn't speak to my father well. I wasn't a good, good. I would slam door. In fact, one day, I will never forget, my, my, brother, was, my brother was driving. I slammed his Mercedes beans because I was so mad. I was so scared, but I was so mad. And that's how I learned from my other eight brothers. If you don't get your way, you kind of don't talk to dad. In our culture, it was like, you, that's how you show it. In my family, at least. In my society that I grew up. So my father says no. And that was the most difficult thing. And he said no for two long stinking years. That was long time. And age of 17. He, he goes let's go fly to Muscat. Muscat is the capital of where I come from. Oman. And we flew in. And he got my American visa. And I was so excited. I was so excited, and I, my father didn't really prepare me well, like how long is the journey takes, all this good stuff. He puts me in the plane, and I had no idea about anything. I was in the plane just in the Middle East area, which is just an hour or hour and a half. And I'm in the plane sitting next to the woman. Their hair is showing. I'm so confused, like, oh, wow, this is exciting, but I'm so scared. I never saw something like that. And I, I don't speak the language. I was this like dumb kid growing up, really. I don't really go, went to normal school. I, all I went to is Islamic school to learn about the Quran and the Hadith scriptures. And I was so nervous. I was so confused. And as I came home, my brother welcomed me. And my journey began with Christianity was we lived in Bellevue, Washington area. And we were driving by Westminster Chapel Church. 
in Bellevue and it had a cross on it. And he goes, let's go visit that and see what they do. And I was like, no, these are the infidels. Those are the people are going to go to hell. We can't go and be with them. He goes, let's go see what they do. And I didn't speak the language, but we went there. And the ministry that I work with uh, called International Students, uh, Incorporated, they, they reach international students, befriend international students. So they had programs. I went there. And it was there that I met many Americans. And I was shocked. They always seemed, they're smiling, they're kind, they're showing their white teeth like this. You know, I was like, what's wrong with those people? Why are they so happy? What's What's wrong with them? And I thought, they don't like us. We are come from Muslim background. We are the terrorists. They watch too much, too much Fox News. And, you know, I didn't say that. But that's, that's, I didn't think that back then. I didn't know what Fox News. I just made it up as I went. And, and that's what I thought, those people. And I was amazed. I went to my brother and I said, why they are so kind? Why they are so nice? What about them that is so different? And he said, they're naive and innocent. Just learn from them what you could, meaning English. So I kept going. They had programs. I kept going to learn the language English because I did not know English. Almost nine years ago, next month will be. And it was there I met my... um, (laughs) It was there that my brother lied to an American family and said that Jaber wants to move to your house so he can learn more about Christianity. I had no idea about it, and that was, wasn't my brother's intention. He said he wants to learn more about Christianity and English. That was what we call a lie. I don't know what you call it, but we called it a lie. And I go into their house, and bless her heart, she would do every night using children's Bible study uh, to teach me about Jesus. It has pictures on it, you know, the boat, Noah, Arky, Arky, all that fun stuff. And I was like, this is so stupid. Christians are so nice, but they're so stupid. They believe s- strange teaching like Jesus is God. God three in one. But in front of her, I said, oh, wow, these are so beautiful. Because we come from a culture of something bad happens, you don't tell it. I don't know what you call that, you know, but we we pretend. So I told her, wow, Jesus is God. Hallelujah. This is amazing. This is good. But I called my brother and said, they're stupid. One thing I hated, I hated going to church. And the church was this. That was the last thing I went to do. It was, I don't know what was the service, about 10 or something like that. But I hated waking up. In my country, I would sleep in in the morning. And she said, my host family, by the way, is over there sitting. Her name is Alice Eilers. I hope I don't embarrass you enough today. And she really, they were really committed for Jesus. And I saw amazing love for their family. But I hated all the Jesus stuff, the church stuff. And some of you maybe here not know Jesus. And I could relate with you. So we can be best friends. And... Because of pressure, because of all that, I was so confused about this Jesus. I didn't know who he was. And I told my brother, I want to move out of this house. I don't like it. I don't like this and this and that. And he goes, sounds like they want to convert you to Christianity. Why don't you just tell them you became a Christian and they will leave you alone? And I said, wow, you're so smart. (laughs) And 
I told the family and, and she looked at me. She said, it doesn't look like you really know enough. You can't even speak English yet. So she rejected my message. And I didn't know what to do to become a Christian, what numbers to dial or what to do. So, so there was another friend. I said, hey, I want to become a Christian. And he goes, oh, it's easy. I said, really? That's what I want, easy, you know. And he said, you, all you have to do, close your eyes and you pray to Jesus and accept him in your heart. And I said, that is really easy. I can close my eyes and repeat after your prayer. It's called a sinner, sinner's prayer. I still have problems with that, by the way. And so they thought I became a believer. The church, everybody in here, they thought I was a believer. And their love didn't really change for me. Their love was the same. And every th- everyone thought I was a believer. But on that Sunday morning, my host family, Alice Eilers, comes in as usual. Um, and one time, she's here so she can testify. She brought in ice cold water. She said, if you don't wake up and go to church, I'm going to pour this on you. Because anyone who lives in my house will go to church. That's how my kids went. <laughs> you know, and I said, okay. But that Sunday, I said, I became a Christian in broken English. I don't need to go to church. So she explained something that you need to grow. Anyone who becomes a Christian need to grow in their relationship with God. I said, what's grow? So she explained it. I said, okay. I shut the door. I called my brother and said, you're an idiot. They want me to grow. <laughs> so that didn't really change anything. I still had to go to church. But while I was at this church, I was, I was, I was a good pretender. I, I raised my hands in worship. Like thousands in America today, they go to church. We claim we know God. We claim we, we are truly in love with Him, but our hearts are so far away from God. Our greatest passion, our greatest desire, it might not be God, but we go because we're born in America, because we're born in a Christian family, or because we go is the right things to do. Some of you might relate today. My heart was far away. I even raised my hands. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. But I didn't really know him. But I was so amazed of those Christians, people around me in the church here. Something different about them. I couldn't stop but wonder. I remember I went to Barnes and Noble in Bellevue and I bought a Quran. And I wanted to read and to study. What is this about? Could it be that Islam is wrong? It's impossible. I mean, my family comes from a descendant of Prophet Muhammad all the way back. And they're so proud of that. I couldn't believe that could be wrong. I read, I read, but I couldn't find a message. I couldn't find hope in my former beliefs. I wanted to be so true. I wanted Christianity to be so wrong. I was fighting my best. But I couldn't find that peace. I couldn't find that salvation. I couldn't find that, that anyone was Christ's new creation. It's, it's, it has no condemnation, shame and guilt. But in, in fact, in Islam, you have to work for it. You have to be, try your best. And I'm not speaking bad of Muslims. Muslims are my people. And in my heart and culturally, I'm still a Muslim. Meaning, in my culture, in my society... I'm just saying the teaching was so difficult. There was no insurance of hope like we have in Jesus. In my heart, I left that teaching. But I didn't become nothing. The family here thought I was a believer. My, I couldn't dare tell my family, my brothers. And in the midst of that, I was studying the scriptures. Two years passed. I came to know this Jesus, that this Jesus is real. 
through the love of so many people here at this church. My family sent me to Bellevue Christian High School. It was there that I was also taught by the teachers. What does it mean to follow Jesus? I was so loved, but I was so pretending. I couldn't go back and say, hey, I lied. I was so stuck. No, I know Jesus. No, I know the teaching is truly real. After much prayers and thoughts and reading and devotion. But I knew that this Jesus was not for me. I was too bad. I said, Jesus loves you. He really forgives you, but not for me. Why? Because I have bad. Because I am bad. Because of how I grew up. Because of my horrible thoughts. Because of this and this and that. That Jesus doesn't really love me. I can never be justified, as Paul says. I can never be forgiven. I can never be forgiven. That's what I thought. Because I grew up that you had to work for it. You can't just do it for cheap. And in that, I struggled until much later. I went to a family vacation with the family. I heard of man preaching. This was black and white. He talked about love, faith, and forgiveness. And as I watched this man preach, I cried in tears. This man talked about love, faith, and forgiveness in a simple way that my mind could understand. His name was Billy Graham. I went home and I still couldn't tell this family the church that I lied to. I wanted to die not to tell you guys in this church and the family that I lied to. I prayed God. I said, God, send me somewhere else that I begin a relationship with you. But I don't want to tell those people. I don't want to break their hearts. But I read the scriptures. I, thought, I knew that this was impossible that I must walk in the light. I must be free from my past and shame and guilt. That if I truly want to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, a student of Jesus. And I told them, three months later, the church, the leaders here, so many of you here, that I was not truly a follower of Jesus. That shame, that condemnation that in verse 1 Paul talks about, Lefted me. And I became free from that bondage. Who can claim and enjoy this wonderful statement of no condemnation? Only those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no safer place to be. In the days of Noah, the only safe place was, where was it? Was only in the ark. Jesus Christ is our ark of safety. Jesus Christ was, Jesus Christ is, and I truly believe that Jesus Christ will be the ark of safety. Isn't this good news? I truly believe those who are positioned in Him are safe. Those who are positioned in Him are secure. Those who are positioned in Him, there is no condemnation. And those who are positioned in Him are not danger of the judgment of God. In Christ, we are truly blessed. In Christ, we have peace. And in Christ, we are indeed free at last. And in Christ, we must love one another. In Christ, we have a responsibility to share this good news. In Christ, we have this responsibility to tell people that there is peace, there is, peace, there is, there is community. Not in a horrible way, not in a condemning way. 
I believe that this book is about love. This book is about, about forgiving. We need to present it in a way that is loving. That, that Jesus truly loves them. That Jesus can relate through his pain and suffering. That Jesus forgives. That Jesus heals. I remember as I was reading those scriptures and I felt compelled to share the good news. And I rejected it. I said, no, 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 Lord. I don't want to preach this good news. I don't want to share this good news. Then you know I didn't really went to school. Then you know all I did is play video games. You're calling the wrong number. I cannot share this message. I'm not good enough. I can tell people. I can work with others. I can never forget that day when I was reading the words of Paul. When he says to me, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And there I wept. I cried. And I said, God... From now on, I'm all yours. Do with me what you desire. I want to be all yours. I want to share your word. Every year in the USA, there's a million students come from across the globe to study here. What an opportunity you and I have to share the love of God with them. 75% of all those international students come here. They never get invited in a Christian home. 80% of those internationals never get a chance and opportunity to hear the gospel in church. We can change that. People are made in the image and the likeness of God and the people are everywhere. Let us be for people. I'm so passionate for people. Jesus commands to love your neighbor. I mean, how, much, how many of you, we really get that? I'm still working on that. Let us love our Muslims. Let us love our Hindus. Let us love the gays. Let us love all those people that we put down. Let us encourage them. Let us encourage them. Let, let them see our fruit. Jesus says, all men will know you. All people will know you by your fruit of the Spirit. How are you being the gospel? You know, with Muslims and with others, the, the Bible is not, the, it's going to shock you, it's not the first thing I open. I talk with them, being in community, telling them why I think like that, loving them from, accepting them from who they are. We have a message to share, a message of love, that Christ came, that He loves you, that He forgives you. Isn't this good news? And we can be justified in Christ. We can tell them that in a simple way without feeling condemned. Let us in humility proclaim the world with love that Christ alone we can find true hope. In Christ alone we can find no guilt in life. In Christ alone we, have, we don't have to feel and fear death. Christ is our hope here, people. We have a message to share, but we cannot be a Sunday Christian. We have people in our communities in this island and other places that we can love. Who do you see when you see people? Do you see them as made in the image and the likeness of God? Are you so scared of changes? Are you so afraid of what? Be free. Jesus says when the Son of Man sets you free, you truly indeed become free. Are you free to, with your relationship with Jesus? Or you just have a program in your Bible that you go through and nothing can change that. Be free, people. And I truly believe that Jesus is the only way and through Him is the message. Somebody recently asked me, 
My mom passed away and I struggled that for a long time. Is she in heaven or hell? And this person wanted an answer. And I said, I do not know. I do not know. I don't, there's a lot of things I don't know about the Bible. In fact, one, one body asked, asked me, how can you prove that God exists? How can you prove all that? I said, I cannot. I just can't. There's reasons for God. But I believe in God because of the changes in my life. I was a liar. I was an adulteress. I was A, B, C, D, you go on. But Christ changed that. That's the mystery. That's the love. Who you can love in your community. And for non-believers, we got to love them. We got to serve them. We have a message to share. Do you want to see a change in the world? As Gandhi would say, be the change that you want to see in the world, people. And we as followers of Jesus, we have a wonderful message that can free us all. But if we just know how to do it in the right way. Let's pray. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for Evergreen Covenant. God, I thank you for Evergreen, Evergreen Covenant. That it's a church where people truly can come as they are. Where they can come and learn about you, Jesus. And your incredible love. Where they can experience that there is no condemnation in Christ, where they can experience grace, where they can experience forgiveness, where they can experience love. I thank you for the pastors here. I thank you for the leaders here. I pray that you be with them. Thank you that you are with them. I pray for anyone who does not know you here, Lord Jesus, that they will not feel condemned but they feel the message of jesus is loving toward them that jesus can forgive them that they find the pastors here and the people here are their friend and not their enemy for those who do know you lord jesus i pray that they will become open-minded be sensitive in how to share your good news lord i pray that as jesus follower that we can say boldly in christ alone we can find no guilt in life in Christ alone, we can find no fear in death. It doesn't mean that we live happily ever after. We have difficult days. We have suffering, as Paul talks about in Romans 8, 17. That this day is not easy. I can relate, Lord, in, in my own life that I haven't seen my family for nine years. It's not easy to be a follower. It's not. But keep us... Help us keep going, Lord Jesus, because it's all about love. It's the message that people can live and experience something different. Thank you that our hope is found in you and you alone. In Jesus' name, I will always pray. Amen.